Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Good Thursday to you all. Andrew Coppins, Pat only alongside you here on Critical Thinking. It's a deep dive Thursday, and we're going to talk about Respect for Marriage. That's right, folks. The Respect for Marriage Act. We're going to talk about that and um, how insane this world has become. More importantly, we're going to dive into and try to steer you away from the hyperbole, the insanity of the rhetoric that has come from the right, that has come from the left. Um, you know, Pat, I, I have... I've seen people on my Facebook feed who are leftists um, who decided to tell us that um, the America is the greatest country uh, in the world crowd. Because of this? Um, in a world in which 37 senators decided to not vote for the Respect for Marriage Act, um, how could we deadass say that this is the greatest country in the world? And as I was reading that, I was also reading an article from the Wall Street Journal on Roger Bennett. And I don't know if you know this individual, Pat, but Roger Bennett is one of the hosts of Men in Two Blazers. Okay. And it's a very famous um, football, aka soccer podcast. It uh. is two Englishmen who live here in the United States of America. Um, they're really funny. They're super entertaining. And they're super passionate about their various teams. Okay. Okay. And um, one of them attended the World Cup in Brazil, okay, in 2014, and said that if the United States got, or 2016, oh, no, no, it would have been 2014, had to have been, yep, 2014, and he said if the United States gets out of its group, goes to the knockout stage, he will become a naturalized citizen of the United States of America, 
And this article goes into, well, guess what happens, right? The United States gets out of the out of the group stage. He becomes in 2018 a naturalized citizen of the United States of America. Took him four years to do that, but anywho, the United States gets out of the group him. stage. Mm-hmm. And this article talks to us about why somebody who is passionate about this sport, right, grew up in England and um, knows nothing about America necessarily at the time that he's growing up. But it tells the story of why he loves this country so much that he gave up his citizenship in the country he grew up in. And it's all about why this is the greatest country on earth. I gave that article to this individual in in the comment thread and just simply said, maybe this will give you some perspective from somebody who doesn't, isn't from here. Maybe you'll gain some perspective as to why America might be the greatest country ever known to God's green earth. Mm. Do you think they got it? No. Instead, well, that's really a strange thing to to, uh, get some perspective on. We're, We're talking about marriage here. No, no, no. You said that we can't say that America is the greatest country on this earth because 37 senators decided to vote against something that you wanted to be voted in the affirmative. And until everybody agrees with you, this isn't the greatest country on earth. Here's some perspective of somebody who would largely agree with you because he's a leftist, but chose the United States of America. Why? Because he knew it to be the land of opportunity, the land of milk and honey, the land where everybody has an opportunity to make something of themselves regardless of any, any shortcomings, any failures, any falters, whether you are black, white, Asian, Hispanic, blah, 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 blah. Regardless of sex, regardless of religion, regardless of this, regardless of that innumerable characteristic, right? You have the opportunity at success. Nowhere else in the world does this exist. Nowhere. Yes, I am including Western Europe. You want to talk about racism. You want to talk about classism. You want to talk about hierarchies in society. Live there once and tell me what happens. So my point with that is, as we deep dive into the Respect for Marriage Act, we're dealing with a side who believes that, and I want this perspective real quick, Pat. We're dealing with one side who believes that unless you vote lockstep, everybody agrees on everything that you agree or that you like. This isn't a great country. No, the greatness of the United States of America is that we can vote our conscience, that we can be different and still live in the same land. That we have differing opinions, but we're supposed to respect those differing opinions. Now, one side versus the other here. The other side of the coin is, what about the religious aspect? And Pat, um, as we talk about this Respect for Marriage Act, there's only one religion, as far as I'm concerned, that's in the headlines here, and that is your church. 
So I'm going to put your church in the spotlight here because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints decided to come out in support of the Respect for Marriage Act. Not the Defense of Marriage Act, but the Respect for Marriage Act. Not the Respect for Civil Union Act. Not the Respect for Government Recognized Union Act but the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, I think I have a somewhat of a, an expert here on the um, inner workings, if you will, of the Mormon church and what's going on there. So I'm going to let you take the reins on this topic. Well, well first of all, uh, shout out to our friend Steve Dace, who actually brought this to my attention yesterday via Facebook. Um, yes. He put up a status of uh, the LDS church endorsed the disrespect for marriage <laughs> and declare lawfare upon the church act yesterday from marriage is celestial union to Paul is wrong. There is no marriage in heaven to you do you. So and what, what, what does he mean by that? First of all, what is Steve so talking about? I'm, so I'm going to explain that in just a second. So the that drew my attention, like, okay, like, well, what's going on? I didn't just take his word for it. I started digging. I'm like, okay, what did the church actually do? What did they actually say? Mm-hmm. And then what is the actual doctrine of the church when it comes to marriage? Mm-hmm. And so what, what Steve is getting at there is that marriage, family, is a core tenant of the LDS faith. He ain't wrong. A celestial marriage is at part of the core of, of our faith. Right. Let's he ain't start, wrong let's about start, it. But let's start there. What is a celestial yeah. marriage? So uh, a celestial marriage is, is essentially a temple marriage. Okay. Um, and so we have... I don't know if you've seen this. I believe there's a temple in Chicago. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's one there. But there's temples all over the all over the world. Okay. Within these temples, we perform sacred ordinances um, that are either for the dead or in some occasionally for the living. And so, like, in there, you can actually get married. It's really not all that insanely different from a marriage in any other place. It's just a little different, and it's just sacred. Okay, in, in that it lasts for not eternity just here on earth, right? But it's also a, it's in an, heaven. It is an eternal marriage. There is no till death do you part. And so okay? that is that is. I wanted to bring that up because this is a term that doesn't exist in Christianity outside of the Mormon Church. No, it doesn't. At least not that I'm aware of. Yeah, it's it 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 is a core tenet of the Mormon Church, correct? Yes, it is. I mean, I mean, this is about. What and that's we what call, makes it different. Mm-hmm. Right. This, this is part of what we call of God's plan of salvation or God's plan of happiness, and that families are forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That you are my my children will be my children forever. My wife will be my wife forever. Like it's. Just that, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to now, now, when you when you do your vows, Pat, uh-huh. it, it, traditional Mormon vows in a wedding, is it mm. um, till death do you part? 
No, there is no till death do you part. That so I want people to I just wanted people to understand what we're talking about um, in mm. defining our terms as we deep dive into this because it's important when we talk about a celestial marriage. It's important to understand the differences that exist and why this is important within the Mormon faith, and more importantly, why it's important to talk about this from the perspective of how the hell do you defend the Respect for Marriage Act or endorse this act when you talk about a celestial marriage? Well, if if I may, um, there is – so we have something called the Family Proclamation or the Proclamation of the World. I want to read just just a paragraph from that. Um, because what this does, it really defines how we look at family and how we look at marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, the family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and women is essential to his eternal plan. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and are reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. Happiness in the family is is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and wholesome recreational activities. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection of for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. In the sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Disability, death, and circumstances may necessitate individual adaptation. Extended families should lend support when needed. So it, it kind of, in the very beginning of that paragraph, it gives you a very clear definition of where we stand on marriage. It's supposed to be between a man and a woman meant to procreate. You know, the first great commandment that that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is, you know, multiply and replenish the earth. Okay. That is still something that is at the core of our faith is to multiply and replenish the earth. Get married. So. When it comes to this Respect for Marriage Act, uh, the church released this statement yesterday. The doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related to marriage between a man and a woman is well known and will remain unchanged. We are grateful and continuing efforts of those who work to ensure the Respect for Marriage Act includes appropriate religious freedom protections while respecting the law and preserving the rights of the LGBTQ brothers and sisters, the church said in a statement. We believe that this approach is the way forward as we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the LGBTQ individuals. Much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. Andrew Coppins, you, you have your hand raised. Yeah, can you read that first part of that first sentence for me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, The the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related to marriage between a man and a woman is well known and will remain unchanged. The rest of the statement is an absolute abomination to the first part of that statement. 
it, it's um, completely backwards. What are you talking about, Willis? So I I asked my wife about this yesterday, you know, just to see kind of like, well, they're they're just they're just saying that what's a wife, you know, they, Pat? What's a husband? Yeah, what, 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 yeah. What's a wife? What's a woman at this point? You know, um, she she's like, well, maybe they're just you know the, trying to say like, hey, if you want to get married, get married. We're not going to stand in your way. But I'm like, what about religious liberty? Are there any protections for that? And so then we started, I started getting into the bill and other things, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, but Mm -hmm. this is about compromise. Now, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, is when you, when you compromise, compromise is essentially another way of saying give and take, right? Potentially, yes. Mm-hmm. But right, at least in part. Right, the vast so, majority of the definition would be that you are both coming to meet in the middle, and therefore you are giving something to get something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so my my question is <clears throat> this: because this is very contradictory to to the definition that I just defined a few minutes ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is contradictory because 10 years ago, I mean, the church was big supporters of things like Prop 8 in California mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, keeping um, same-sex marriage, you know, not, not legal across state lines and things like that. Like, they, they were all for these things. What changed in the last 10 to 15 years, first of all? My next question is, what what um, exactly are you getting out of this? What are you compromising on? Or are you just compromising your very principles and values? Because to me, to me, as someone who is LDS, and if there's someone in church leadership that listens to this this program that wants to come on and correct me and have a conversation about this, please do. Please do. I, I would love to understand this. But as someone that is part of this faith, that understands the proclamation of the family, that understands this is where the church has been forever, what changed? And what did you compromise by endorsing this this act? I, I can't answer that question. I can't. I, I, I've been trying to critically think through this. And say, okay, well, let, let, let's maybe give the church the benefit of the doubt, which I'm still willing to do. Mm-hmm. But on on paper, on its face, this looks very compromising of the church, not compromising on a, on legislation. Now. I'm going to contrast this statement that came out yesterday from the LDS Church with the statement that the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops came out with in July of this year. As chairman of the Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family Life, and Youth for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, I am writing on the committee's behalf to express our concerns about H.R. 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act. I urge you to oppose this bill should it be considered for a vote in the Senate. 
It is not lost on us that the bill comes in an apparent response to the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision in Dobbs versus Jackson's uh, Jackson Women's Health Organization, which returned to the people the right to protect preborn children and their mothers from abortion. It is unfortunate that Congress has not responded with a meaningful effort to help women in need with unexpected or difficult pregnancies. Rather, it is advancing an unnecessary bill to create a statutory right to same-sex civil marriage, which some claim is threatened by Dobbs. Even though the Supreme Court's majority was explicit in its Dobbs holding that the decision had no bearing on the issue. There is also a question as to whether H.R. 8404 would grant federal recognition to civil marriages of more than two people performed in any state that would allow for them. People who experience same-sex attraction should be treated with the same respect and compassion as anyone on account for their human dignity and never be subject to unjust discrimination. It was never discrimination, however, to simply maintain that an inherent aspect of the definition of marriage itself is the complementary between the two sexes. Marriage as a lifelong exclusive union of one man and one woman and open to new life is not just a religious ideal. It is, on the whole, what is best for society in a concrete sense, especially for children. The health the health and socioeconomic benefits of stable family life with a mother and a father are well established, as are the positive outcomes for children raised in such a home. This corresponds with Pope Francis's recognizing children's right to a mother and a father, echoing this and responding to the Supreme Court's Obergefell versus Hodges decision in 2015. The USC, uh, the USCCB. President at the time, Archbishop Joseph Kurtz, observed, quote, The law has a duty to support every child's basic right to be raised, where possible, by his or her married mother and father in a stable home. Same-sex civil marriage has a further diminishing, as further, excuse me, let me back up. Same-sex civil marriage has further diminished the fulfillment of that right, both directly and indirectly, as it further disassociates marriage and sexual actions from the responsibilities of childbearing. <clears throat> this, in turn, reinforces existing negative phenomena in our society that have already done so much damage, such as fatherlessness. Advocates for marriage redefinition claimed that it was a matter of live and let live. Yet governments continue to use marriage redefinition laws to threaten the conscience and religious freedom of individuals such as wedding vendors and entities such as foster care and other social service providers who seek to serve their communities without being punished for their longstanding and well-founded beliefs. This bill will lend weight to those efforts and further marginalize millions of quote-unquote reasonable and sincere people. The quote-unquote, Respect for Marriage Act, would do the opposite of what its name implies, codifying a demand for states and the federal government to honor whatever may be deemed marriage by any other state. The concern that the bill could require federal recognition of marriages of more than two persons is not far-fetched, as at least three cities in Massachusetts have already legally enshrined so-called polyamorous domestic partnerships. By making federal recognition of such relationships automatic upon their recognition by any state, the bill would create a massive incentive for radical activists to concentrate their efforts in a single state, further leading plausibility to, or further lending plausibility to this potentially disastrous scenario. For all of these reasons, I must urge you to vote no on this measure. 
Thank you for the opportunity to articulate our concerns in light of the teachings of the Catholic Church and the considerations for the common good. I pray for you as we all work together towards a more just society where families are well-supported and empowered to welcome all children. Now, I'm going to back up just a little bit here because you notice that they they, they talked about how um, in, in the Dobbs decision, the disappointing uh, fact of this is that the government hasn't bothered to support those who are already taking the steps and efforts to support those mothers who are underprivileged, if you will, right? Which you think they would have, but they didn't. Now, this this is getting misconstrued in two, two ways. Number one, the Catholic Church isn't saying that the government must provide money. That's not what they're right. saying. Because Catholic charities and other charities, other Christian charities, are going out of their way to create foster homes, to create uh, places of responsibility and um, job training, um, all sorts of different things. They're providing these things out of Catholic charity. They're not asking for a dime from the federal government for this. They are asking the federal government basically to get the hell out of their way. Right? That's what they're asking for and hoping for in the, the wake of the Dobbs decision. Instead, they go down this route. But I give you this statement from the United States Conference on Catholic of Catholic Bishops to contrast that to the statement that just came out. Now, you might say, well, that was July. There's been an amendment, right? Well, first of all, I want to read the text, Pat. Before I go into this, though, Pat, do you have anything else to say as as we look at the our two faiths in their like literally diametrically opposed statements on on this bill? No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this statement for the end. Um, but I, I do I do believe that. Just to reiterate this. If if this is about compromise, what are we compromising? Are we compromising ourselves, or are we compromising on something here? We're like, what are we getting out of right. this? That that's and, my question. And I'm going to get into the potential answer to that question in just a moment. Okay. So here's the actual bill. Okay, there are five sections to the bill. This was uh, uh, received in the Senate, July twentieth read a second time on July 21st of this year, okay? It just was voted on right now after um, the election. Now, it says here, an act to repeal the Defense of Marriage Act and ensure respect for state regulation of marriage and for other purposes. <clears throat> Be it enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled. Section one, short title. The, this act may be cited as the Respect for Marriage Act. Okay, section two, repeal a section added to Title 28 United States Code by Section 2 of the Defense of Marriage Act. Section 1738C of the title of Title 28 United States Code is repealed. Basically, it is saying that uh, they're repealing the the definition of of marriage as men and women. Okay, uh, the Defense of Marriage Act is now gone, basically. Section three, full faith and credit given to marriage equality. Chapter one. One five of Title 28 United States Code, as amended by this act, is further amended by inserting after Section 1738B the following. Certain acts, records, and proceedings, and the effect thereof. A. In general, 
No person acting under such color of state law may deny full faith and credit to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding of any other state pertaining to a marriage between two individuals on the basis of the sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin of those individuals. Or, subsection 2, a right or claim arising from such a marriage on the basis that such marriage would not be recognized under the law of that state on the basis of the sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin of those individuals. Now, there's a subsection B on here, enforcement by the Attorney General. The Attorney General may bring a civil action in the appropriate United States District Court against any person who violates subsection A for declaratory and injunctive relief. Now, notice how they didn't say that this was a, a thing that they were going to go after the, the state for not recognizing. They're going to go after the individual here, okay? Keep that in mind. May bring a civil action in the appropriate United States District Courts against any person. This isn't an entity. This is a person, okay? Uh, subsection B, or C, excuse me, private right of action. Any person who is harmed by the violation of subsection A may bring a civil action in the appropriate United States District Court against that person who violated sub, sub, uh, such subsection for declaratory, or declaratory and injunctive relief. And D, state defined. In this section, the term state has the meaning giving, uh, given such term under section 7 of title 1. Basically, it's just the definition of the state of Wisconsin and the state of Illinois, blah, 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 blah. Section four is marriage recognition. Section seven of Title I United States Code is amended to read as follows. Marriage. For the purposes of any federal law, rule, or regulation in which marital status is a factor, an individual shall be considered married if that individual's marriage is valid in the state where the marriage was entered into or in the case of a marriage entered into outside any state. If the marriage is valid in the place where entered into, and the marriage could have been entered into in a state. So if I wanted to go, let's say, to Vanuatu, and they recognize like seven people can be married, and three of them are dudes that are married to dudes, but then there's four women who are also married to all three of the dudes, blah, 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 right? Just using that as, a, as an example, right? <laughs> if that marriage would be valid... And a state allows for polygamy. There you go. But that violates the other part of this, right? Because it says here, full faith and credit to any public act record or judicial proceeding of any other state pertaining to a marriage between two individuals. What? So these are contradictory terms in the, in the act, Pat. But we continue because there's a subsection B in here. In this section, the term state means a state, the District of Columbia, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, or any other territory or possession in the United States. And C, for purposes of subsection A, in determining whether a marriage is valid in a state or the place where it entered into, if outside of any state, only the law of the jurisdiction applicable at the time the marriage was entered into may be considered. So if, like, for instance, uh, Massachusetts decides tomorrow that polygamy is, is golden for them, right? And uh, you've already been in a po uh, polygamous marriage, right? Mm -hmm. it, no, that doesn't work. Mm -mm. <laughs> you can't, you don't get grandfathered in. And then there's sever severability on section five. If any provision of this act or any amendment made by this act or the 
application of such provision to any person, entity, government, or circumstance is held to be unconstitutional. The remainder of this act or any amendment made thereby or the application of such provision to all other persons, entities, governments, or circumstances shall not be affected thereby. Passed to the House of Representatives on July 19th, 2022. To be clear, we, we just read the entirety of the bill, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious, and, and I'm being partly facetious here here <clears throat> how many um uh representatives and senators do you think took the time to actually understand what's in this bill probably next to none of them right we'll see um mike lee did and mike lee voted against this and by the way mike lee is of what faith again oh right he's lds but um, so is mitt romney right but but my 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 point is you would think Mm -hmm. You would think that the church would be like, okay, like, well, what, what, what are, what are right, representatives right. in Congress now, have to say about this? Now, Pat, the LDS church has said to us, right, that they they believe that there was that there was religious protection. Now, in the in the original bill as passed, do you see any amendments in here, Pat? No, okay, that's do you where see I was anywhere going. where religious where where religion is protected. No, no, you I don't. don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Mike Lee said as much in his statement yesterday. Now, there was a bill or an amendment to the bill, right? Right. Tammy Baldwin, um, Susan Collins, and Tom Tillis uh, decided to throw an amendment in there to hopefully assuage any issues with the religious right, if you will. Mm -hmm. And why would the religious why would people of faith, I guess, be scared of the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act? Why? Here's why, Pat. Bake a cake, bigot. Exactly. Masterpiece cake, the, uh, the masterpiece, uh, is it? Yeah, it's the masterpiece cake um, case, right? Yeah. The, 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 uh, the Colorado it, it's James, what is it? The Colorado Baker? Yeah, is it? James or Jim Phillips. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he's still fighting, by the way, I believe the second version of this. But it's not just him. We've seen it in Oregon. We've seen it elsewhere where they set up these these test cases, if you will. Right. Right. They're doing these things not to protect people's beliefs on both sides of the the equation here. That's not what this is doing. This is saying that your state must recognize this. Your institution must recognize this. Again, I'm going to go back to the actual letter of the law here. Um, in full faith and credit to any public act record or judicial proceeding of any other state pertaining to the marriage on the basis of sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin of those individuals, or a right or claim arising from such a marriage, right? Mm. The attorney general may be bring a civil action in the appropriate United States District Court against any person who violates that subsection A. No person acting under color of state law may deny. Now, I ask you this, Pat. Does that, does that priest... Does your pastor, right? It's it, or elder or 
I don't know the actual terminology. Is it is it uh, pastor? Um, I mean, you you could essentially call him. I mean, we I refer to him as a bishop. Okay, so a bishop. So, um, anybody who would be they they have to hold what? Not just a a a license from within the church, right? Like that. Like if you're a priest, right? You hold priestly responsibilities, and amongst them. Well, I would argue probably the second or third most important amongst them is, is the marriage, the ability mm. to perform a marriage. But what else mm. do you have to have? A uh, license sure from I... the state. Right. Okay. So for those who say, well, this is just talking about the state. You are correct. They are talking about the state. Okay. So then let's sever the two, right? If I want to get married inside the church, right? <clears throat> right. If I want to do those things, if I want to recognize this marriage is this way, right? What business does the federal government, the local government, the state government have in whom is marrying us? What business do they have? I got a question for you. The answer is none. None. Give me a good reason. Give me a reason. This is this is to, to say, uh, and, and, and to be very clear on this too, to your point. You know, I'm not I'm not against someone who is of same sex orientation getting married. I want to get into that in, in, in yeah. a different part of this. OK, Pat. OK, OK, because, because okay. I want I, I don't. That's not what, I, what I'm talking about here. And that's not what is important here. What is important sure. here is people understand what is actually in this bill. The bill says. Any public act record or judicial proceeding what is a public act your marriage that's a public act how you sign a piece of paper you have to go before the the registrar mm. or the the clerk of of the court right and get a why? marriage license right to which my question is why and this has been my argument forever this has been my argument for at least 15 years, Pat, as I looked at the the, the potential for me to get married and, and what marriage meant. What business does the state have in, in, in any of that? The only thing that it can claim to have any sort of potential is the financial and familial legalities, right? In so much as, okay, so if you get a divorce, right, how do we how do we legally enforce that? How do we legally um, do the custody of children and, and all of those things? Okay, but could you do that in recognition that there is a piece of paper that says I'm married? From the church? Yeah, from anywhere why else? Why not? What does why the not? government have any? Oh, it's because uh, <clears throat> taxation is theft. Right, it, it's there. Right. It all it all boils down to that. So when I look at this, we can talk about the definition of marriage in a separate category here. Let's talk about this bill. So in this bill, right, full faith and credit to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding of any other state pertaining to a marriage between two individuals on the basis of the sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin of those individuals. Um, 
Notice how they've also tried to slip the interracial marriage component into this, right? And and that and that's the cudgel they're really going to use, right? Oh, you're against no. Literally, every state has repealed bans on that. Why? Because it's never held up in court. And more importantly, so you so so you're you're doubling down on something that's already against the law. You can't discriminate based upon somebody's on somebody's race to get married. That, mm-hmm. That's that's not a thing, right? And to the point of the U.S. Uh, CCB here, Pat, what is to stop? What is to stop somebody from just taking like a state like Vermont, right? Based off of this law. A state like Vermont or Oregon or Washington that or California that is wholly run by the far, far, far left. What is to stop them from forcing everybody else to have to recognize whatever the hell they decide? So I brought this up on Twitter yesterday, right? This is a great example for me. I'm a if I were to be of the far left. What is one of the areas in which the far left has gone the farthest on? Like farthest depths of the left? You can't call somebody a pedophile anymore, right? They're just a minor attracted person. Right. Love is love, right? Marriage is marriage. What if I'm 59 and and I'm I uh I'm attracted to 12-year-old girls, right? Right. Somebody uh one of my friends, Yesh. Uh, Gins, uh, anyway, on Twitter yesterday, I put that out. What's to stop that from happening? If a state recognizes that, there's nothing that says here a marriage between two consenting adults. It says two individuals. There's nothing that says two consenting adults. Now, mind you, we have always said that there is a limit, right? The state's limit Um, when you can consent for yourself to a marriage. But let's say you're 59 and that person is 12 and your parents consent to that marriage. Because your parents happen to have one person who is a map, quote unquote. The state of Vermont, the state of California, the state of Washington, the state of Oregon, right? Let's just say they decide that that's what they want to do. This says by full force of the government, you in Utah, you in Illinois, you in Wisconsin, you in Alabama, you in Timbuktu, Texas, must recognize it. What's to stop them from doing that going forward? Well, that's the, the we're just talking about consenting adults. Are we? Are we? We were just talking about the definition of marriage for being between a man and a woman for procreation and, and marriage and civil unions being different. And, and we're not talking about forcing, uh, forcing those of religious belief to perform. Oh, you're not. You've tried it over the last 10 years. You've tried it in court, and the court has luckily struck it down every single time so far. What's to stop it? There's nothing I mean, in this bill that does that. Now, you would say to yourself, okay, but, but Baldwin, Collins, and Tillis, the, that amendment, right? It, it's, um, 
it will it'll it'll fix the religious issues that are exist oh, yes. with this original <clears throat> bill. Oh yes, because you know you, you can trust Susan Collins and Tom Tillis and um I can't remember her name. Bald Baldwin. So, so, so as I look at the bill, right, I've I've given a few ideas to you of what I believe is wrong mm-hmm. with this bill. But I also look at it from this perspective. There are probably about four, if not five, things that I have a problem with that that probably needed to be dealt with. Number one, it creates a private right of action, right? A private right of action that supercharges attacks on people and organizations that still believe in natural marriage. Think about the 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 masterpiece cake case. Right. They they did it once. They got smacked the hell down for discrimination and harassment, by the way, mm-hmm. and then redid it again with a gender reveal cake. He is now fighting that. It tacitly vilifies millions of Americans who still believe in natural marriage by labeling that belief as sex discrimination. Tantamount to racism, right? This is that, That's the point of what they're doing here. It will subject business owners to even more costly litigation, and it threatens the tax-exempt status of faith-based nonprofits. And this has been the biggest go-to of the left. They have gone hard after Catholic Charities, after the Little Sisters of the Poor case, right? Yep. You, you're the Little that. Sisters of the Poor who are, wait for this, celibate nuns. Again, celibate nuns have to pay for a board of fancets. How does that make any sense? And we could go down the road of healthcare in this country and how people's health insurance is put together is absolutely insane. I'm paying for shit I would never, ever be able to use while other people aren't paying for my shit that I would use. Now, the Baldwin, as the uh, Family Research Council Poured out the Baldwin Colin Tillis substitute amendment. It's supposed to provide for religious exemptions and religious protection within the the Respect for Marriage Act, right? Uh huh. But it actually provides absolutely no meaningful, affirmative, or enforceable shield of protection to those people, those entities that have already been attacked for their belief in natural marriage. A protection, by the way, that the Lee Amendment, yes, as in Mike Lee, Mike Lee put an amendment right. that got shot he down, did. okay, would provide from federal discrimination. The federal, this is, this, the, the so-called Respect for Marriage Act is all about setting up the federal government and the Department of Justice to be able to legally go after those who believe in actual, natural marriage. One invites litigation so in section six okay there's this new section six this is the amendment right Mm. section 6a affirms that no pre-existing religious liberty or conscience rights protected in the constitution or federal law are abrogated but every person and organization that is already being attacked already has those protections right we're supposed to have them People and entities who retain their belief in natural marriage already face years of litigation, as we've talked about. In a few instances, those years of litigation led to some semblance of justice, but the cost of those lost years can never be fully recovered, as the Family Research Council points out. 
The children, families, and mothers who suffered when Philadelphia stopped contracting with Catholic charities can't get those years back, and they didn't receive justice from the U.S. Supreme Court when foster parents won their lawsuit against the city. In some places, the loss was permanent. For example, Illinois kicked out Catholic charities in 2011 and lost nearly 5,500 foster homes between 2012 and 2019. You think that has a uh, a negative effect on society, Pat? Hell yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. Furthermore, staging that the uh, stating that the these protections still pertain may actually be harmful if seen as establishing the bad precedent that existing protections must be explicitly stated in future laws. Section 6B only protects these people or entities, quote, whose principal purpose is the study, practice, or advancement of religion, and only from being forced to solemnize or solemnize or celebrate a marriage. So that's it. The only protection that actually exists Physically, in this amendment, is you can't you you cannot be sued for saying I'm not going to perform this act. If you refuse to participate in the act, so what? I got a question for you, Pat. If if I get an invite to to somebody that I know who's gay, right, and I get an invite right. to their ceremony, if I refuse to go to that ceremony, shouldn't they be able to sue me? That's bigotry. That's discrimination. How dare you not celebrate? They could bring by the way this this Respect for Marriage Act notes. What is to stop them? They have the basis for that. Celebrate me now, you bigot, right? The First Amendment, as Family Research Council points out, arguably already provides that protection. The situations in which people and entities are being attacked are significantly broader than clergy and religious institutions in the context of performing marriage rights. Um, Yesheva University, I don't know if you've paid attention to this, right? A very orthodox Jewish uh, university is being forced by the state of New York to recognize student clubs with charters contrary to their expressed Jewish character and history despite protections for religious corporations in New York law. So even when we have those things codified in state law, they're still being required. It does not protect adoption and foster agencies, and that's where they're really going here. Because adopt me now, you bigot, right? <clears throat> Even those who do, by the way, or should fall within the very narrow protections of Section 6B could still be sued and have to prove themselves, right? Proven guilty before innocent. That's what's happening here. You're going to have to prove yourself innocent. Now, you can talk about civil versus criminal. Yeah, in a civil lawsuit, by the way, you still have to prove that you have a standing, that you have a case to be brought against somebody else. You are supposed to have the burden of proof, not the other way around. Not the defendant has the burden of proof to prove that they didn't do what you claim they did. No, you have to prove that they did something to you. Section 7A of this amendment, by the way, is being touted as providing protections against loss of, loss of that tax exempt status, loss of eligibility for federal contracts, etc. But it is a mess and poorly crafted. Because rather than granting protections, the phrase not arising from a marriage raises questions that invite litigation. 
Section 7 falls woefully short of the needed protections. It applies only to federal tax and other government treatment and has no affirmative enforcement. For example, although the section may be intended as a protection against the removal of federal tax-exempt status from faith-based nonprofits, it could actually be interpreted to mean that the bill does not change or otherwise strengthen a defense that arises out of beliefs in natural marriage. It ignores the fact that most adverse government action is currently taken at the state and local level, which will be supercharged by the bill's creation of a private right of action. Now, this is a great example of this. They go on to talk about the Catholic social services in Philadelphia. St. Vincent Catholic Charities, a religious adoption agency in Michigan, targeted for a lawsuit by a lesbian couple who passed by several other agencies, by the way, didn't, didn't go to the ones that have no religious viewpoints, right? They, they target these, right? Because of the agency's sincerely held religious beliefs. Catholic Charities of Omaha, the CEO of Lifeline, the largest evangelical adoption agency in the United States, urges strong opposition to the bill. Herbert Newell writes that, quote, practicing Christians are over twice as likely to adopt compared to the general population, with Catholics three times as likely, and evangelicals five times as likely. People of faith and faith-based agencies have a vital role in child protection, child welfare, and the flourishing of families. The Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, which is a Methodist congregation in New Jersey, ceased making a pavilion on church-owned property available for weddings after the New Jersey Division on Civil Rights held the church was required to host civil unions. This is where we're going. This is all about basically taking, taking these things putting it to the state level, the local level, right? Which I'm usually for. But here's the rub on this. You are giving federal carte blanche to these states, right? You are just saying whatever. Whatever you guys want to do, other people have to recognize by the force of the government, by the force of action of the federal government, you are going to do these things or or else. The force of the federal government when it comes to interracial marriage, Pat, I, 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 we already have that on the books. It is illegal in every state to do that. And how did it happen, Pat? It happened by the pressure of the people of this country. It didn't happen by the force of government. And that's why we talk about political will versus law. We are not a nation of laws. We never will be. We've always been a nation of political will and always will be. That's something that, that we've talked about, that Steve Dace talks about, but that's the reality. Because even when we look all the way back to our founding, again, less than 30% of the people believed in revolution, believed in fighting the British, believed in breaking away from them. Less than 30%. And we kicked their ass eventually. If we just listened to the masses all the time, we wouldn't be here doing the things that we do. Doesn't exist. I want you to think about this. To date, at least eight states and localities have taken hostile action towards adoption and foster care agencies and foster families on the basis of sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions that marriage is between a man and a woman. State and local governments are already targeting faith-based organizations for their beliefs about marriage, according to the Family Research Council. In some cases, it does not even require an organization to deny services. Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia is a great example of this. 
Hostility toward faith-based adoption and foster care agencies has already had devastating effects. Massachusetts, like we talked about, right? It lost 2,000 foster families between 2014 and 2019, the 5,500 in Illinois. It does not protect wedding vendors, by the way. If you are a faith-based wedding vendor, right, if that's that's your niche, right, you, you believe sincerely in your own faith and your own faith says no. The state, uh, the Washington State florist, uh, Brunel Stutzman, who was sued by the state because she could not in good conscience make custom floral arrangements for her longtime customer's same-sex wedding. Think about this, right? A longtime customer. You had to have known their belief system at that point. You had to have known that, right? Still sued them and said, flower my wedding. She would eventually be forced to sell her business in order to avoid government confiscation of all of her personal assets. Now, I would argue she also set up her business very dumbly, very yes. stupidly. Yes, that, but that's besides the point. It's beside the point. Um, what about um, uh, Aaron and Melissa Klein, the owners of Sweet Cakes by Melissa, who were sued by the state, fined $135,000 for declining to bake a custom cake for a same-sex wedding? Not one that's available to everybody but an actual customized cake. Jack Phillips, that's who we were talking about. Yeah, that's who we were talking about. The masterpiece cake case. Um, It would not protect civil servants, by the way. Kim Davis, the Kentucky clerk, who uh, declined to sign a same-sex couple's marriage license required by state law, right? She was willing for her staff to sign the form, but she is still under attack and trying to defend her religious liberty rights. Dozens of magistrates in North Carolina the attorney general have forced to resign in 2014 for refusing to perform those same-sex weddings. One finally won that case in 2018 for $300,000, but it took her four years to do so. The substitute amendment wouldn't protect businesses like Donald Vanderboom, owner of the West Michigan Beef Company, was threatened with the closure of his business by the USDA because he had faith-based pamphlets in his break room. Think about that. Faith-based pamphlets. I didn't didn't force you to look at it, didn't force you to pick it up, didn't force you to do anything. Steve Tennis, the owner of County Mill Farms in Michigan, excluded from the city farmer's market because of his religious beliefs and views about marriage. When the city of East Lansing saw a social media post regarding natural marriage, it chose to exclude him even though he serves and employs LGBT-identifying individuals. This is why this act is so dangerous. This gives the full force of government action bend the knee or else that's what this is about you bend the knee or else and i talked about this with my wife pat when we talk about bending the knee when we talk about the definition of marriage right notice it only goes one direction and we kind of talked about this yesterday right with the candace cameron beret situation Mm. yeah it's only it's always a one-way street with the left recognize, bow down to allyship with my viewpoint or pay the price, right? It's bow down, kneel before Zod or whatever the hell you want to put it as. It only goes one direction. You have to recognize my individuality, right? My spirituality, my belief system, recognize my gender ideology, right? My sexual ideology, my queer theory. Recognize it now, you bigot. Never goes the other direction. 
well, what about my religious belief system? It's not a, it's never a two-way street, right? It is a dead-end one-way cul-de-sac in which you get to just turn around and continue to to have to do what they want you to do. That tolerance, that belief, right? That only turns one way. That's why this is dangerous. Because this codifies that. This is an absolute 1,000% attack on not just religious belief systems. This is a, an, attack, an attack on civil society and sociological truth. Because if, we're, if we are to believe this, right? If we are to believe in this system, these are diametrically opposed ideas of what an, a, a, a union is. And I'm not going to use the term marriage because marriage has both sociological and religious undertones. And if you sit there with a dead-ass straight face and tell me that your ability to marry a dude or if you're a girl to marry another girl is the same as me marrying a woman or a woman marrying a man, you don't get what a marriage is, and you sure as hell shouldn't be able to call it one. Why? Because you fundamentally do not have the ability to do what is good, right, and just. Now, not every marriage can produce a child. Not every marriage. But the ability to actually attempt at procreation exists. Well, I could still get pregnant if I'm a woman. Yeah, but not not within that <clears throat> union that you have, right? Right. You not, can't not within do the confines that. of that. And what is best served by society, right? This isn't just a matter of religion. This is a matter of human existence. The ability to attempt at actual procreation. You just deciding to go to some sperm bank and implant an egg is not the same as a natural marriage. It ain't. No. It ain't the same as a natural birth. Doesn't mean that there are people who shouldn't go through or or people who are in positions that have issues naturally. Now, my church says that IVF is wrong. Other churches don't. But that's because the Catholic Church looks at natural marriage as natural marriage, and part of natural marriage is, is natural procreation, and if you can't have kids, that's okay. You can still adopt. You can still do other things. But trying to enforce or force artificial means of that pregnancy is wrong in the face in the eyes of the church. Now there are many millions of Catholics who do that every all all the time, and they don't necessarily agree with that teaching of the church. That's not to suggest that I would sit here and say, "But Pat, you are an absolute abomination to God if you dared to to try something that wasn't natural because there might be issues, right? If if those even existed, I'm not going to pretend to know one way or the other. But I, I'm using this as the as the example, right? I'm not going to sit here and do that. I'm not going to. No, my church happens to believe that the natural way is the natural way. And if if God is not going to allow you to have children inside that marriage, there are other ways to fulfill that through adoption, through foster care, through all sorts of different ways. 
It's just, I can't stand the fact that it's always a one-way street. And for us, it's, well, we have to be opening and loving and blah, 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 blah. We have to accommodate. We are the ones that are compromised all the time. Where is their compromise? To your point, Pat, I've just gone through the amendment here. And the, mm. the amendment is two sections, sections uh, six and seven. <coughs> Where's the compromise? Where are they? Yeah. The compromise should be this. Okay. We're going to allow for states and local governments to be able to do this, but you leave us alone. It, it's that simple. It is literally that simple. And so that it brings me back to going full circle now. When the LDS church endorsed this yesterday, what are you getting out of it? Or are you just compromising your own principles and values? Absolutely. Now, Pat, we've gone an hour on this subject alone. Um, do you want to play a little bit of the B or not the B before we end the game? Uh, before we end the show, I should say. Oh, yes, I, I think I need it. All right, so today on the B or not the B, the headline is Chuck Schumer says Americans are not having enough babies, so we need to give amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants to make up the difference. Chuck Schumer says Americans are not having enough babies, so we need to give amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants to make up the difference. Is this the B or not the B? While you're thinking about that, folks, please, please visit our fine sponsors at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Look, we, we've talked about this in the past, right? We've talked about the idea and the concept of we need to support businesses that don't insult us. And guess what? Not every business has to believe in everything that we believe in. Not every business has to be libertarian or, or conservative for us to do business with them. That's not the case at all. How about we just do businesses, hear me out on this, Pat, that, um, I don't know, make really good products and don't give a rip about your politics or their politics. What a novel concept. With that being said, please visit <clears throat> our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off your purchase. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. Pat, do you need the headline one more time, or do you know if this is the B or not the B? Um, this is not the B. Are you sure? That, Why? that is a not the B headline all over. Yeah, you yeah. are correct. It is a not the B headline. That's right. Chuck Schumer believes, you know what, illegal immigration. Uh-huh. We have, <clears throat> well, we have a population that is not reproducing on its own with the same level that it used to. Might that part and parcel be to, I don't know, radical gender ideology that suggests um, marriage needs to be redefined and, um, and, and um, we're not promoting the family in any way, shape or form anymore as a societal good. And family is whatever the hell you want it to be. No. It certainly looks that way. Now, you can treat people like they're family, right? All you right. want. I have friends. I have friends that I've known for 32 years. I consider them part and parcel to my family, as close to me as right. whatever. But they're not actual family, right? Right. They have their own family. We have a population, quote, that is not reproducing on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future is if we welcome immigrants, get a path to citizenship for all 11 illegal immigrants. I, I mean, you know, he could just go ahead and suggest that people, I don't know, get married, start having more babies, stop having abortions. You know, standard stuff humans have been doing for thousands of years. 
seems like that may make more sense for me. National interest perspective. And, and whether you have the religious belief system that suggests men and women, right? The greatest mm-hmm. argument for the quote unquote defense of natural marriage is this. Is there is there not a national interest in procreative marriage, the potential for procreative yeah. marriage? Hell, yes, there is. And there has been literally since the start of humanity. That's well, that's how humanity survives. Right. <sighs> well, it used to be. Now it's just man, man bear, pig, and immortality, you see, because uh, if my 80-year-old lungs are giving out, I can just go to the pig that I bought when I was 10 um, and, and just use the, the lungs that have been uh, sitting in there. Or you could just go kill Kenny. You bastard. And with that, Pat, <laughs> your final thoughts on today's show. Um, well, as I'm giving my final thoughts, I, I just want to clear up one thing. For me, this is not an argument about if you want to if you want to get married, and you're a same sex couple, have at it, Haas. I don't care, one way or the other. I do care when you start going after my belief system. That's the issue here. So, I hear a little bit of live and let live in there, and I can't do it. And here's why: because yeah. you think that your Marriage is equal to mine, and it ain't. It's not. I, I would agree. I would it agree never that, can be, and it never will be, simply because your marriage is not a marriage. Your union is a union. Sure, sure. I, I mean, you're right. In, in my personal belief, you're right. I, I, I do not hold it at the same standard, and it, in my view, it is not a marriage. Can I celebrate the fact that you love whom you love? Sure. Go for it. Don't expect in the same breath for me to – it's the same concept of can I love the sinner but not the sin? Hell yes. Yes, you can. Because we are all sinners. But that sinner over there in this argument Mm. won't recognize my ability to be a sinner and still oppose their sin. I I don't have to sit here and say, you know what, whatever the hell you want to do. No, I don't. No, I don't. Just like you don't have to do that to me. But respect is a two-way street, and until that side of the aisle has the same respect for me as I'm supposed to have for them, homie, don't play that game. Right. With that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And on this 17th day of Andrew's birth month, I'm going to give you a choice, Andrew. Because I know you are a How I Met Your Mother fan. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you the choice. Ten slaps right now (laughs) or five slaps that could happen at any point at any given time by me over the course of eternity. Let's go with the five slaps over the course of eternity. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Please be safe, be smart, be kind. Make sure you eat all your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Oh, and by the way, folks, um, your weekly reminder, because I'm going to do this for the first month that this is part of my shtick. This has to deal with a Comcast representative who we've been on the phone with like two weeks ago now. 
for over an hour. Our third different Comcast rep, 11 o'clock at night, um, dealing with an issue that snowballed for the next three days, by the way, um, but decided to make small talk with us as the the reboot of the system was happening for the fifth time that night and decided to ask us if we had eaten all of our meals that day. What? In the pantheon, in the cadre, in the, the Rolodex of small talk terms and questions that you could ask as a customer service rep, where in the hell does that exist in the manual? My God, holy crap. And thank you for giving me that piece of comedy gold. I seriously cannot stop laughing at that. And it is two weeks later. Did you eat all your meals today? And with that, have yourselves a great rest of your day. Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.